Hello, and welcome to Faith, Fitness, and French Toast. As always, I'm your host, Moses Allwood, and I want to warmly welcome you back to the podcast. The purpose of this podcast is simple, to encourage, empower, and inspire athletes of all walks of life in their strength endeavors, faith walk, and of course, their best options for post-workout late-night meals. As always, I'd like to thank my sponsors, Skull Smash Ammonia and Raw Grip Chalk, for their consistent support and encouragement. For the best hard-hitting ammonia in the game, there's none better than Steve at Skull Smash. And if you're looking to hit a brutal pull and need that added grip, Raw Grip's Liquid Chalk is the highest quality on the market right now. Head over to their Instagram pages to get some products. But this morning, I'm sitting down with Nick Forte, an elite-level powerlifter and also a friend of mine whose aggressive training style and flip-the-switch mentality has helped establish a name for him not only on the platform, but off of it. His forte fuming has become a welcome addition to his training as he's not afraid to speak his mind when the need arises. You don't want to miss a single minute of this action-packed episode as we talk about training, intensity, and more. So sit back, relax, and let's dive in. Nick, what is going on? How you doing, man? What's up? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, so glad uh, we were able to make this thing happen. As I went through uh, different guests, I knew I wanted to get on. I knew I needed to spice things up a little bit for the listeners, and I knew you'd be the person for that. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. That's what I am. I, I call myself the trigger puller. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. So uh, for those that may not know uh, who you are, uh, just a little bit about yourself. How did you get involved in powerlifting? How did you start creating a name for yourself? All right, so I played, you know, football and wrestled my whole life, and then I wrestled a little bit in college. And, then, you know, after you've done a sport, you, you have that competitive side of you when you feel like you have unfinished business to do. So I got into powerlifting, and honestly, like, I was kind of a head case. I talked about it in my one podcast. So, like, powerlifting, I was like, you know what? I'm going all out in this sport. I'm not letting anything get in the way. I'm going to do me, and that's how I ended up in it. Like, I started lifting after college, took it serious, and, you know, ever since then, I've been just doing it serious and taking it putting everything into it yeah well and you, you you mentioned there you know you chose a sport where you could really just go all out yeah and i think that's something that's important is i think frequently we see people jump into weight training and think they can half-ass it no you can't it's, it's just like any other sport you know you gotta there's different like you know some people say it's just lifting weights and at a point it is, but it's such, it's learning how to like peak your body properly. And, you know, you got to take nutrition seriously. And if you want to be on that top level, it's not just lifting weights. You're competing against other people who do this for a career. Like there's dudes who make money off of this. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. Uh, and so I wonder, speak a little bit into that. You know, you've got, you've got these guys who are, yeah, making money off of it. You look at strongman, you look at Olympic weightlifting, all of the different facets of the fitness industry. And obviously you've got these people who are making millions off this industry. And yeah. then you've got people who really are just, you know, they may be strong, but nobody knows who they are. How do you, how do you combat that? Is, some, is that something where, does that even really come into play? Does that really matter? Yeah, that's why I do Forte Human Topics because you have these people who are like putting up um, – huge totals like that jason lagarde from iron rebel he like i remember talking to him like two years ago and he only had two thousand followers he's the number two ranked powerlifter at 242 in the world but then you'll have some dude who you know he posts good content and i appreciate it but he'll have like a hundred thousand followers but like i think it's more impressive to the dude that's like working in a dungeon and working his ass off to build that big total up yeah and, and i uh, i think back to pete rubish and the washing machine chronicle yeah uh, oh, man, he's Ken. my favorite lifter. Like, I love Pete. He's just so intense. I think that's where I get my intensity from is watching him growing up. Yeah, well, and it's true because I think that's uh, that's the core of powerlifting in and of itself. If you're not willing to, to come in with intensity, what are you doing it for? Yeah. Well, look, the West Side movie is all about intensity. Look at those dudes. They're trained like nuts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, those guys are – they. They almost even say, yeah, they're practically killing each other in the gym. Yeah, you know, I mean, like, says, there is a sense where you can overtrain your body. But like I always say, I think your mind's going to fail before your body will, especially when you put like steroids and other stuff into it. But when you're natural, I, you know, I think there is a limit. But we're talking about people that are enhanced versus non-enhanced athletes. When you're enhanced, your body is capable of so much more stuff. Yeah. And it's interesting you mentioned that that mentality. Uh, you know, you say the, me the mind's going to give out before the body is. 
And I think we see a generation right now of people who are just so mentally weak. And I know you chatted about that yeah. recently. I wonder you're fuming. I wonder if you could go into that just a little bit more, just in what you've seen and ways for people to really overcome that. Yeah, man. Cause like where I grew up is uh, I grew up in a poverty area. It's called Schuylkill County in Pennsylvania. And it used to be built on coal mines and people like went to work every single day. You know, they busted their ass in coal mines. Like I said in the video, my grandfather didn't retire until he was 78 years old. So my dad, you know, he worked his whole life. My mom, like I grew up blue collar and I was just instilled with hard work and you got to work for shit you want. And I think this generation's like, give me this, give me this. Like, I, I just hate it because I grew up in a different time and now I'm starting to see the change and that's what frustrates me. But I mean, it is what it is. It's mm -hmm. just, these people aren't going to have any like responsibilities or any type of like goals. I feel like, cause they're just expecting everything to be handed to them. Like the whole fucking trophy thing. We didn't have trophies. When yeah. I was little. You only got a trophy. You got first or second, man. Like you didn't get a yep. trophy for fucking getting fifth place. <laughs> right. Right. No, it's true. Yeah. And I, I think that's one of the things that frustrates me the most. Is I mean, the thing about powerlifting is there's so many categories yeah. that you can technically be into. Exactly. That anybody can get first place if you narrow it down on open powerlifting enough. That's what I mean. And uh, it's just like there's so many different, like, I don't know, when I do any sport, like, you want to compete against the best because it gives you an idea where you're at. I mean, not put yourself down because put your own personal goal. Like, what's your total you want to hit? I, I like saying a total or a number because – then you know what you have to go after and what you have to do to get there. Get there. Yeah. No, and it's good. Uh, I know there's this, this phrase that, and even Larry just <clears throat> created the banner, uh, that, that your whole thing of totals talk. Yeah. Um, because I trade yeah, like I that. Think, <laughs> you, honestly, because it's, it's so good. And I think it's something that really needs to be heard. Yeah. Because yeah, I mean, I, I, I could, I could chat shit all I want online, but if I'm totaling a thousand pounds right now and I can't bench my body weight, what am I talking for? Who am I talking yeah, to? Yeah, and like it's not to put people down because like you know, total's not everything in this sport. If you're if you're trying to just encourage people and that's your you know that's what you're doing and you want to like get people to lift, that's fine. But you have dudes that are claiming to be like elite, and even females too. Like, oh, I'm elite powerlifter, and I'm like. You know what elite, like actual, the term elite is like. If we look at the NFL or any sport, like they usually take the top ten people in that sport, and that's who they consider like the elite, the best of the best. And people will be like, "Yeah, I'm an elite powerlifter," and you're not because you're in the top one. You're not even in the top one hundred in your weight class. Like, yeah, it's not. It's not as many people are doing powerlifting as there is playing like high school football or high school basketball and even college sports. Like, it's just hard when people start breaking it down into like what you said, open powerlifting. You break it down into anything you want it to say. Mm -hmm. uh, well, there's a there's a lifter uh, that uh, I won't name names. I don't want to be that guy. But there there's a lifter that I interacted with last year, uh, and she has competed once. Uh, and at that at that meet, out of uh, her uh, class of one person, took first, qualified for a national meet, and has now started claiming herself to be an elite level lifter. Uh, and there's nothing more frustrating than a person like that. You know what's crazy? I was just talking to um, Amy about this the other day with my girlfriend. I said, like, you know how they make these qualifying totals? Like, the Kern is, like, a legit one because it's a 500 Wilts. Right. But some of these other fucking meets, they put, like, the qualifying total so low. It's just a money scam, man. They want to make yeah. – meet directors have to make money off meets, so they're going to invite people because how, how hard is it going to be to get the best of the best on a platform together, like – Obviously, right. it's like the current. It has to be a big prize money because nobody wants to fly to a different state and be out of right. their comfort zone. Like, it's just I think it's a way for there's some of these people to make money and they don't want to put like some kind of actual elite standard. So this makes you elite. You hit this total or this Wilkes like you're elite at this weight class. And that's that's what mm -hmm. they need to come up with. But they won't because then they're like, well, if you don't hit this, we can't invite that many people to a meet like the Arnold. I thought the Arnold was like the greatest thing in the world, man. And then I'm, I'm looking at some of the dude's totals that qualified. I'm like, you have two 42-pounders that are only hitting 1,900. Like, there's guys that are yeah. 20 smoking now. Like, how the fuck am I supposed to go there and compete when I feel like I'm not competing against the best of the best? Yeah. Yeah. No, and I, and I think that's so good to mention that because, uh, you know, obviously, so yesterday was supposed to be uh, collegiate nationals. So I was supposed to be competing yeah. yesterday if all this COVID shit didn't happen. Um, but – you know, of course, Steve Mann comes out, uh, the, the meat director, and pretty much just says, well, you know, since you guys paid for it, like, we really don't do refunds. We'll just postpone it. And, of course, all of us are like, 
yo, dude, like you literally just took all of our money and you're going to post yeah, something for collegiate lifters into the summer. Do you think we're going to come back and compete at something over the summer when we graduated? Absolutely not. That's what like, I said. Give it's us all money about back. money, man. Like it's such, it's such a, it's just like bodybuilding too. Like they're like the same sports now, but it's starting to grow into bodybuilding where, you know, it's like you, you do any kind of show. It's like fucking everybody's competing. And I do like when people compete, but some people just don't belong on the stage for bodybuilding yet and some people you know powerlifting is different because you want to get on the platform you got to get experience but like i think everybody thinks that they're fucking supposed to be perfect and everybody's gonna win they're good at this but sometimes you gotta take a step back and be like well maybe i'm not meant to fucking do this sport or maybe i'm not meant to do this right now yeah. maybe i should be knitting upstairs i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think it I, Larry said that same thing. Yeah. He's like, hey, if this thing doesn't drive you insane, he's like, yeah, good, just go knit a basket. Yeah. Like, go collect rocks. Yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly. Like, I'm not, like I said, I encourage everybody, man. I love when people, like, you see someone, like, come out of nowhere and they, they better themselves and they get a good total. But it's when they start, you know, getting really cocky. Like, some people that have a year in this sport and they won one local fucking meet, they think that they're an elite powerlifter, that they're some top level. And I'm like, Listen, I have a 2,100-pound total. I'm not even in the top 25 at 242. Like, I think I'm top 25 right now, but still, like, it's just, like, crazy how the sport's growing and how strong people are getting. Yeah. Yeah. And it is. It's these random, like, every once in a while I'll see someone king of the lifts, and I'm like, man, I yeah. didn't even know this dude exists. Like, it's just these random yeah, backwards holy, Kentucky dudes. For real, it's just dudes that are starting to – people are starting to transition to this sport. I'm like, holy fuck. Like, you got dudes pulling 900 now and – when I first got into the sport, like 800 was the, the deadlift to get to. And yeah. now people are just pulling eight like it's nothing. Yep. Yep. And it is. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Believe me, man. Like when I when I very first started with Liberty Powerlifting, yeah. I was like, okay, like I didn't really know what I was doing. But I was like, all right, like I'll shoot for like an 1800 sounds cool. Because then it was like, oh, that's normal. Like just go hit 1800. You're natural, whatever. That's great. Yeah. But then, like, in the last year, it's like 1,800. No, man, you got to be above 2K for you to even be in the conversation. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my word. <laughs> That's like that, uh, that backyard meet of the century. Do you ever watch that with Mark Bell? I haven't. Oh, uh, no. you got to watch on YouTube. There's some fucking savages there, like Pete, uh, George Lehman, the Lower Bridges. And, like, the highest total then, I think, was, like, 2,000 was, like, the number. Like, Pete talks about in his video how 2,000 was, like, the number one total then. And now 2000 doesn't even put you in the top fucking 25 or 242. Like, it's fucking insane. Yeah. Well, because I think you also, you see these guys like Yuri come out of nowhere and they're like training what looks like super light. And then they come in and open at like 900 on all three lifts. Yeah. And you're like, oh, all right, I don't know what I was training for in the first place. For real. It's like, it's crazy when you see these dudes like, like him. He's, I mean, he's from Russia, but he doesn't count, but. We can take those dudes over there doing some fucking crazy shit. Who knows what they're doing over there? <laughs> but but yeah, it is like that. You do have these guys, and even Dennis Cornelius is another example. Yeah, he's a freak um, too. Of just, of just yeah, out of no, like just kind of comes out of Oklahoma after training for three months out of the entirety of the year, and will still come in and win. Yeah, it's. I mean, I think like a lot of those dudes, you got to be smart in this sport too, like. I've, I was one thing I was very stubborn on is like in the off season, you do need to do a bodybuilding phase and you do need to do yeah. muscle building phase. Cause you're going to break down. If you go fucking hard all year, one rep, people think like you lift heavy all the time to me. No, I lift heavy during my peak because that's how my body peaks. Like if I don't get under heavy weight, my brother's the same way. Like my central nervous system starts to feel really weird. Like if I don't get under like something heavy and it could be a mental thing, but I start to feel like shit and I'm like, no, I need to get under heavy weight and keep pushing myself. And it works for me. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to work for everybody, but it works for me. My brother, you know, we're both putting up pretty solid tolls, and it's just how we train. Yeah. but And I, I think it's good you mentioned that. You know, I kind of ran into this, this issue. Of course, I had that meet back in February, uh, and then I was turning right back around uh, to compete at Collegiate Nats. And what I really found myself, like, yeah, I was disappointed the meet got canceled, but my body was just breaking down oh, yeah. because I'd really – I'd pretty much been peaking since like September that it was just always prep, prep, prep. And I never got to take an off season and nine months of training on a natural body. Yeah. That's, that's brutal, man. It was killing me. That's like, (laughs) I mean, obviously I'm open about what I do and man, my fucking tendonitis, like my girlfriend's been working on me all like everybody's bitching about the gym clothes. I love this shit right now, man. I'm like running and getting athletic and working out and, uh, she's been working on my tendonitis. I feel great. Like this is the best I've ever felt. I'm starting to feel like I'm like in wrestling again in college and, 
I feel yeah. awesome. And I think people need to just realize, like, I took a whole year off this sport and came back and told 2100. And I think sometimes we get into that, like, I even get into it, like, you need to fucking lift heavy, go, go, go. And you just got to step back and look and be like, listen, you're, you're fucking destroying your body. Like, you want to keep doing this sport. You got to take a step back and be like, okay, like, we're going to, we're going to do this in the off season. And then we're going to go hard during our peak. So that's how I feel about it. Yeah. No, I think there's wisdom in that, yeah. uh, that I think everyone has to take some time off because this isn't, uh, you know, in the same generation of everyone wanting participation trophies and everyone wants something. We feel like strength is a linear progression and it's not. Yeah. Um, that very much. Yeah. It, it's up, it's down. You plateau for a year. You have X, Y, Z. There's so many different dynamics coming into play. And I think, maybe even this crisis right now with everyone being forced to stay home is making people realize that they can't just go, 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 go. You don't need to either. Like any sport, any sport, they have an off season, like anything you do, you have an off season, like powerlifting's no different. It's not any, it's not some complex fucking thing where, you know, you have to do, you have to do this all the time. Like, no, you could take an off season and do like different training styles and be more explosive and, you know, then when you get into a meet, do your meet prep and do what you normally do. But like, you don't need to do, you don't need to do like three or four meets a year. I think when you're brand new, it's good to do a lot of meets and get that experience. But when you start to, you know, get that, them higher numbers, you really can't be competing three or four times a year. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. So obviously as as people are training uh, in powerlifting, really for any strength sport, obviously there's a physicality in that. There's the the genetics that can benefit. There's so many different factors, but outside of the physicality, there's the mentality. So for you and your own training, where have you found yourself really being able to get into that mental sweet spot for you to really achieve that greatness of those heavy lifts, as opposed to just running around and casually. So that's why I say the flip the switch mentality, because when you get under heavy weight, if like you could ask my girlfriend, man, when, when I know I have a heavy lift that day, like we went out to breakfast the one time and I'm just sitting there fucking staring off into space, so zoned out, like thinking about that lift all day. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, I'm going to fucking smoke this today. Like, this is going to happen. Like, and she's like trying to talk to me. She's like, I can't even talk to you because you're like zoned out. And it's cool because like you feel yourself start to slip into that void and you feel yourself starting to, you know, start to focus. And then I put my headphones on in the gym and as soon as I get on the bar, right before I think about all that crazy, I think about like the worst shit you could think of. And I just fucking get in that zone and you got to go. Like, you just can't think about it. And I've been doing it recently with my deadlift where I'm stopping and thinking, and you can't, you just got to go. Like your form will take over. Like if you just got to, you've done how many fucking reps. That's why I say time under the bar is important because you know, your body already knows it's muscle memory, what it has to do. It has to squat down and come back up. It has to pull the bar down and bench it back up or pull the bar. And you just flip that fucking switch and you go and you don't think about it. You get under the bar and it's going to happen. Like I tell people, if you just like believe it in your mind, you know, the body's going to find a way to do it. Look at the crazy shit people do all the time. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. And I think, a lot of people don't know how to quite get into that. Yeah, it's hard for a lot of people. Like, a lot of people, a lot of people think like, "Oh, if I get too aggressive, I'm going to drop it." And you will, but it's controlled aggression. You just got to believe that all those squats you did up till this point, all those benches and deadlifts, like your 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 mind's going to take over. It's muscle memory. Yeah, yeah. So you know, you you chat about this flip the switch mentality, and it's something I I've really like jumped on board with the last couple of months. You know, as I was prepping for that meet, uh, you know, with three six five. Yeah, I I've always been known. I mean, you know this because you follow me. I I've always been a little more cocky than I probably should. Yeah. Be. Um, like, hey, it's I've, good to admit it though, man. Like, I do I like a lot of shit, and people don't like it, but it's just who yeah. I am. But what, what's interesting is, yeah, I'm, I'm talking shit, but it's because there's at least one thing I know I'm going to do. And it's generally it's my yeah. squat uh, that frequently, I, and I don't know what it is. Maybe it's some weird cult of personality. There's just so many people that love chatting shit about lifters that are aggressive. Oh, yeah, they do. And, and I think they're so much they more They've never punched in the face before. Seriously, <laughs> right, man. Somebody, right. It's, it's, people all, have never it's been all people that fucking sit behind a keyboard, never been in an altercation in their life. They... You know, they're protected at home. They feel safe. So they're like, I'm going to fuck with this dude. I'm going to piss him off because I know I can. But if you were in person, they yeah. wouldn't say a word to you. And it's so interesting you mentioned that. Last year, uh, ran into a situation just like that 
where this, this guy essentially says to me, says, oh, yeah, man, like, if I see you, it's on site. <laughs> and I see this guy the next day in the gym. He won't even make eye Oh, dude, that's how they are. Dude. I was yeah. like, I'm like, homie. Well, dude, do you know who Boston Lloyd is? Do you know who Boston Lloyd is? Yeah. yeah. He fucking pisses off so many people with his post, and nobody's ever tried to come at him, and he goes personal and, like, attacks people. I don't ever see anybody trying to swing on him, and he's always out doing stuff, and – it's a lot of people that just talk shit on the air. Like, if you piss me off that bad, I'm probably just going to meet you in person and smack you in the mouth. Like, I'm not going to threaten you on the internet yeah. and talk shit. I'm just going to walk up to you and it's on. Like, that's when you know someone's about it. Yeah. And I, and I think it's I'm, – I'm trying to remember what that quote is where they said, yeah, way too many people have gotten comfortable with talking about somebody behind their back and not getting punched yeah. in the mouth for it's, it. It's just crazy how people are comfortable with that. And then in society, it's like, oh, my God, violence. Like, you hit him, and they don't look at the other person who's antagonizing the shit out of people. Yes. Yeah, they, they see the aggression. They don't see everything that's happening yeah, like, beforehand. like bullying in school. Uh, like, kid could get, get bullied and bullied, but he punches the kid in the face, and he's the fucking bad kid. I hate that yes. shit. Oh, it's awful. Um, so another topic you, you've kind of chatted on before is yeah. coaching. Uh, you know, you've got all these guys who – uh, compete once, kind of the same idea of these elite. Oh, yeah, they they know compete everything. once, they think they've learned <laughs> yeah. everything, and, and they take on fifty athletes and just start regurgitating programs. Oh, copy and paste, people. yeah, man, it's fucking. Ugh. Yeah. So, uh, where, where does that stop? Like, how how do we tackle that? Because actual coaches are being, being robbed, like shut out by these dudes that are like, just dude, like, everybody. Like, I was like, I was wondering, like Jaffe, strength, like. I was like, why is everybody on this yeah. dude's dick? And then I looked at his content and was looking at his shit. I'm like, wow, this dude's a very knowledgeable dude. He has a lot of good shit he posts. And I look at a lot of coaches and I'm like, I do see a lot of the top coaches. They Like, you can tell when a dude knows what he's talking about. And like you said, you have people yeah. doing one meet and they want to coach people. You've been in the sport one fucking time. You won one local meet and now you're an expert. Get the fuck out of here. How are you going to coach someone when you need coaching yourself? Like. There's difference yeah. when, like, you don't need to be the strongest dude to coach people, but you definitely need to know what you're talking about. Because, you know, look at bodybuilding. Like, all those gurus, most of them weren't bodybuilders. They just have an eye for the sport, and they know how to get people in yeah. shape and in condition. Powerlifting could be the same way, like, but to a point, your coach needs to be able to kind of back it up to what he's doing because we're lifting weights. Like, if your coach is a fucking pussy and can't bench 315 and he's trying to coach you, there's, there's a problem there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I agree completely. <clears throat> and I think what I, what I've seen, you know, even as different people I've worked with, whether it's been Stacy or Larry, whatever is, is seeing the different coaching styles and you can see what's effective and what's not. The first guy that ever coached me pretty much wrote me a, or I say coached me quote unquote, uh, wrote pretty much a notes like memo and just said, do this for a few weeks. Yeah. You'll get stronger. And that was it. Wow. Like, what do you so do? You got robbed. He just took your money. Yeah, yeah. Like, See, like, I'd so rather like, do programs and coaching because if you're going to do coaching, you need to be 100% on board. Like, you need to answer your clients. You need to do you need to do all that shit because they're paying you for something. Like, you need to answer their texts. If, if they're needy, well, you took their money. you got to answer them. I'd rather do a program like, hey, this will help you. Like, you're new to powerlifting. Do this program. If you want to peak, like, this will probably help you peak. you got to learn your own body in this sport. Uh me and my brother talk about that all the time. Like, you have to learn what works for you. Like, this fucking whole mentality of everybody needs to get on this program. It doesn't work. Like, you might get more progress from a five by five than I do. It, it's you got to find out what works for your body. Yeah. And so, I guess my question for you would be: Where do people find that balance between being on something that may say, like, so for example, I think of like hybrid performance yeah. method. They've got this, you know, thirty dollars a month. You can access like ten different programs. Yeah. And they've got thousands of people on it that I'm sure are doing great versus spending hundreds of dollars a month on individualized coaching. Like where does someone find the line between, hey, this yeah. is a time for me really just to be on a cookie cutter. Well, I think honestly, I, I think hybrid's like $100 and I've heard it fucking sucks. I've heard a lot of bad shit about that one, but I'm not trying to call them out, but I've just heard a couple people reach out to me and be like, hey, what do you think about hybrid? And I've had people send me their shit and I'm like, kind of just looks like a copy and paste template that they just yeah. fucking took from someone else. Yeah. Well, but I mean, beyond that, like more just kind of looking at the, the side of just copy paste yeah. programs, because obviously there's at the end of the day, you can get strong. Off yeah, you could. Yeah, for stuff. sure. You'll get strong. Off um, anything. But so 
but I mean, you know, you have those newbie gains. And so it's like, where does someone transition from being on more of just a, Hey, here's a program you could follow to, okay, maybe it's time for me to be working one-on-one. with. I think when you start to hit that uh, plateau and you have to realize that as a, that's how you grow as a lifter. Like when you know you're at the gym or you're at a meet and you're only hitting like a 10 pound meet PR, like, I feel like when you compete, you should you should do something big on the platform. Like that's your time to shine. That's like, if you look, I talk a lot of shit about it. Cause it's something I fucking did. I went from 1900 total to 2000, then right to 2100 in like three years, every year I put on a hundred pounds on my total. And I remember people saying like, after I hit 2000, I took a year off the sport and my brother would always message me like, man, people are talking shit on you saying you're done. You're not going to be able to compete anymore. So I came back and fucking smoked 2100. And I was like, fuck all you faggots that were talking shit. It's my time. Like, yeah. And that's what I think you have to learn your body and learn when you hit that plateau. Like when I hit 2000, I was like, all right, you know, I hit a plateau here. It's time to rebuild everything up and really get focused. And cause you do, once you get to those heavy weights, man, it, when you're at like, when people are like, oh it's, oh, it's only five pounds. Well, let me see you at five pounds, 810 pound squat. How you do like, yeah. it gets your, your, your gains decrease when you get up there. Yeah, no, it's true. The, I think the heavier, heavier it gets, the longer it does. Yeah, it's weight. definitely hard. Um, I mean, once you plateau, you can tell because you, like, you can't move anywhere. You can't go anywhere. And that's when I think it's time to reach out to a coach and make sure you do your research. People are lazy. They don't want to look and see like who this guy coach, like, does this kid kind of train like me have the same type of body as me? And, you know, you're spending your money, value your money, value who you are as a person and actually find a person that's going to care about you and not just take your fucking money. Yeah. And I think that's why I've enjoyed working with Larry so much is because he has been so personal. Then that's good. I didn't know. He, I didn't I think, think he would be like that as much. That's awesome. Yeah. No, he very much, you know, has been personal with it and like relatable in that. Obviously, I'm a college student, so finances aren't my strong yeah. suit right now. And him being like, no, man, like, I'm not in this to make a buck. Like, I'm in here to help That's awesome. stronger. And that was just so huge for me and feeling like I could actually just – I was with someone not because they wanted my money, but because they genuinely wanted to better. And that's what you need to find because a lot yeah. of these dudes that are coaching, even some of the top dudes, like, you can tell that they just fucking want money. Because how can you focus on 50 athletes? It's, it's, it's crazy. Like, during a peak program, like, how can you take the time to focus on that many people? I mean, at the most, yeah. I think if I, I do, I'm busy. Like I work two to 10. I'm, I work at the prison. I do overtime. I don't think I could take on fucking two people right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, for me as a student, I mean, I think at, when I've really launched like working with guys, uh, I think I was working with 10 and I was like, man, this is still like, this is too many yeah, people. It's hard. Like, I just, I can't. Uh, because it is, and you know, the front end, you're like, oh yeah, I can work with 10 dudes. Like it's not, but then you realize week in and week out, that's 10 training Mm -hmm. schedules, you know, uh, on top of your own work, you know, as you say, working two to 10, actually that's hard to manage. And so you see these guys, I think of like Marino, who's like his Marino training systems. And he's out here with like 300. Are you talking about Micah? The fighter quit dude. Uh... Micah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, he like I like him. He's a good dude, but holy fuck, he's like one of those fitness model guys. That he's a good dude, but uh, I I can't talk shit because I like him, and I'm he, like he's like real good friends with one of my best friends, Craig. So like, I'm not gonna comment on them. <laughs> oh, um, but you know, I, I've I've interacted with these other guys who yeah just do have these huge client bases. And it's just like, dude, like I know you're not, fat. Yeah. you're not interacting with them, you know, and it's, it's hard to see because I think so much of the fitness community has become wrapped around social media and wrapped around this electronic presence that has created these, like, I don't, almost like these fake relationships where people are like, Oh no, like I'm tight with this dude. I'm like, nah, like <laughs> yeah, they think like, I try telling people that like, because someone is like your friend on Instagram, does that really mean that they're a good person in real life or that they're going to have your back? Like I have a very close tight group right. of friends. I don't really have a lot of people that I go outside my circle. Like I have my best friends. I grew up with my whole life. And then I have people I've met through lifting and you can't trust anybody, man. I've seen some shady ass shit people do and you got to keep your yep. circles tight. Like they say, uh, you know, somebody will be quick to screw you over. And I wanted to mention you about the whole, uh, we were talking about like the social media thing that like, people think like, Oh, my followers are my friends. Like these people give a fuck about you. They're waiting for you to follow your demise. Yep. 
Yeah. No, I mean, it's, and, and it's something I've seen, you know, as soon we, we build these idols of these people on social media. And as soon as they do something we don't like, yeah. cancel culture. You're it's right. They're 100%. done. And it's, oh I man, don't get brutal the fucking, There's this one person that came to Nittany and she has fucking like 200,000 followers and she's not even like a fucking great lifter. Like I looked at her numbers and her total and I'm like, why do you guys follow this person? Like, what do they post their ass? Like, I want to, like, I respect yeah. women who post like good lifting quality videos, like a girl who's trying to better herself. But when I see you just your fucking ass all over Instagram, I'm like, have some fucking self-respect for yourself. Like, I get it, dudes take pictures with their shirts yeah. off and shit, but, like, if you're a mother and you're a lady, like, would your mom be happy with you posting your ass on Instagram and other dudes seeing it? Like, I don't know, I just, I don't understand it, how people just, like, even us as guys, we feed into it. Yeah. Well, I, I think that the, one of the people that comes to mind with that, uh, I stumbled across her maybe, like, last year. She's out of, like, Australia, like, Steph Fit something, like, Steph Fit Mom, maybe. Oh, yeah. And she's got, like, two million <laughs> followers. And she's out here like she's been deadlifting 275 for the last four yeah. years. But all these dudes are just loving it because this woman wears like 10 pounds of makeup. When she works out, she's wearing nothing. Oh, yeah. The peach blonde girl. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. what I mean. Like, I'm, I mean, whatever, dude. If you're a dude and you want to watch this girl and drool over over social media, go right ahead. I mean, I'm, I've been guilty of it. We can't fucking deny it. Some of us like it. But at the same time, it's like. What are you? Are you going to claim to be a powerlifter? When you claim to be a powerlifter, you're not fucking powerlifting. You're posting different content. So don't claim to be a powerlifter and post your ass all over Instagram. Mm-hmm. And then they claim to be a bodybuilder. Well, how come you're not competing? How come we don't see you on stage? Yeah. Oh, that's so good that you mentioned that. So there's this conversation. Every, everybody wants to be a powerlifter. Everyone wants to yeah. be a bodybuilder. But they don't have the balls to get. Yeah, man. Stage. I think you call yourself a powerlifter, a bodybuilder, or a crossfitter, whatever you want to be. You have to compete. That's the point of this. Like to call yourself something means that you do it, uh, like on a competition level. Like any sport I've ever played in life, you've always compete. There's always competitions, and I mean nothing wrong with it. if you just want to lift weights and that's your thing. Go right ahead, but don't claim to be a powerlifter if you haven't competed. Don't claim to be a bodybuilder if you haven't stepped on stage. If you're in the process of it and you're about to do it, that's fine. But, you know, make it happen. Let's see what you're going to do. Yeah. Oh, I can't tell you the amount of people I've interacted with. Oh, man. I'm a, and the, the thing, it's not even usually It is. It's usually yeah. bodybuilding. <laughs> They're like, oh, I'm a natural yeah. bodybuilder. And I'm like, no, you're not yeah. natural for shit. Like you have what you took the fucking piss <laughs> test the day of the meet and you got off Hanover three days before it. Good for you. Cause that's like a lot of these drugs, man. Their half lives aren't even that long. I could do a cycle and get off and compete in the USAPL and they wouldn't have any fucking idea. I mean, I'm not tr- I'm not trying to hate, but I know yeah, there's I, people I, that can do it because I know the half lights on it. Like I know the studies of steroids and the chemical molecule and how long it stays in your system. If you just time it right, you could fucking compete and you're fine. Go in there and total two thousand on gear, <laughs> like it's fucking crazy. Yeah. And you know, I, what I think, uh, what I think is so funny is I, I mentioned to someone I was like, oh yeah, I reached out to Nick and I want to see if he uh, come help handle me at, at nationals. And someone was like, yeah, just make sure he doesn't get flagged yeah. as soon as he walks. I was in. gonna walk in wearing my <laughs> naturals versus everybody shirt. Yeah, <laughs> and then I was like, I'll get kicked yeah. out of the competition. I'll be like, well, if he's with him, he's 100. Yeah. I mean, I'm just open about. I'm not gonna. I just don't like lying. I mean, man, I grew up, and you just gotta be honest with people. And I'm not gonna have some young kid yeah. in high school being like, I want to be like Nick Forte. I want to lift like him. And the kid reaches out to me, and I hate it because I have 18 year olds that reach out to me all the time now, and young kids, and they're like, Hey, bro, I want to do a cycle. And I'm like, Dude, get the fuck away from me, kid. Like, you need to learn. You need to learn your body. Like, you're only 18 years old. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And that's what people are doing to kids. They're, like, making them think that it's achievable at a young age. And then even girls, like, it's body dysmorphia. And you have girls on Anavar and Clenbuterol, and they're not telling other girls what they're doing. And girls get like, oh, shit, I want to look like her. How's she doing it? How's she dropping weight so fast? Well, the chick's fucking blasting Clenbuterol. That's how she's doing it. And same with dudes. Like, I'm not condoning the use of anything. And I think it's your decision if you want to do it that's fine by me but make sure it's in your heart that you want to do it and don't lie to fucking people like just say hey i do whatever it takes to win like i do this you don't need to come right out and say i fucking blast trend and take test and demolish d-ball and anavar up whatever the fuck you want to call it <laughs> you know like yeah 
just be honest and say, hey, I do what it takes to win. You know, I'm not going to go into any other details with you, but just do your research. I'm sure you'll find out what people are doing and be the best. Yeah. 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 And, and that's good because I think there is almost <laughs> for a lot of people this taboo of like, oh, like such and such is on steroids. I'm like, no, nah, dude, like at a certain point, like if you're not going to be, you know, the pure raw USAPL, I'm never, I'm lifetime yeah. drug free. You got to do what you got to do to be the best. All it's not fair. People are on yeah, juice. Why would like, if, if you're going to be there, natural, you got to do it. That's why I don't understand when I see some of these uh, dudes who are natural and then they compete in like an RPS meet or a USPA meet and they're like, yeah, I was natural and competed against these dudes. All right, man, you want a fucking cookie? Like, you had the option to do this stuff, but you didn't. Yeah. That's your fault. Don't fucking blame them because they're on gear because you didn't want to do it. And now you're going to blame them for you taking third place, but you went in as fucking amateur, so now you got first place. Yeah. that That's like going into a fencing match where you're allowed to have yeah, right? a sword and you yeah. go in with just your fists. Like. And then you're like, oh, damn it, I lost. But at least I went up against them. Yeah, if like, it's no, not drug tested, why should, like, why should uh, I have to not be on shit? Exactly. Where I'm like, if you're going to compete in a fed like that, I'm like, fair enough. Hey, plenty of people are going to want to yeah. do RPS or SPF and not be on drugs. Yeah. Compete tested and just say, okay, this is where I'm at. Sure, you may be the only one in your class. Congrats yeah. on your participation <laughs> trophy. But, like, at least you can say that. You did something. Like, you I know, get it. You didn't want to I get drug. if you but do amateur, if you're natural. Me. Like, that's fine. But if you're fucking on gear and you're doing amateur, you're a piece of shit. I know a couple of dudes that did it because, I mean, I've been at a couple, I've been at probably like eight RPS meets my whole life competing in. And I fucking see dudes that are on gear in the amateur division. I'm like, this is fucking faggot, man. Like, what is this dude doing? Yeah, I don't, yeah. yeah. Yes. I don't use oh, that term either as like gay towards people. It's just how I grew up. We were allowed to say that word. <laughs> Everybody get offended. Oh no, I got a lot of changed the last twenty years. Call each other when we were like making fun of each other. I never meant to be like a gay term, and that's people are so sensitive anymore. You get fucking triggered over anything. It's true. I mean, this is and like especially the last couple years because we're now in this place of like relative truth, where everyone's like, "Well, I can say whatever I want. You're not allowed to disagree with me." But but then they'll turn around and say, "But I'm allowed to disagree with you on everything." (laughs) Yeah, the people I can't so believe it. now you get in trouble for saying word like we never thought of it like that when I was in high school and shit. It was just something you said to someone when they're when you're making fun of them, joking around with your buddy. Yeah, whereas now if you say it, then you have to like be like, oh shit, yeah. is this person actually gay? Like, am I about to do? I just focus down. on my life and what I'm doing and to better myself and my family and friends, and that's what it should be about when you're in powerlifting, and you should. uh you should want to better other people and better yourself, but at the same time, don't fucking reach out. I just hate the fake shit, man. It gets under my skin. You were just mentioning it before how, you know, I see people comment on everybody's post like, oh my God, nice lift, great lift. Like, they don't need your fucking encouragement every day. Everybody wants to pat on the back like, you did so good today in the gym. It's annoying. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, if, if it's not a one rep Yeah, bar, I mean, I don't if, if it. it's a top set of three, you know? okay, I'll listen to you. Like, you did a fucking top set of three. That was impressive, but I don't know. Like, I like watching training. I post my training a lot because it's cool to see people progress, but at the same time, they don't need to be padded for everything they fucking do. Exactly. Yeah, like, I think it was, uh, it was one of our last training sessions before we all got locked down. I was like, oh, yeah, I hit, like, a, a PR set of 10. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, I'll post it. And so we're like, dude, holy crap, good work. Yeah. I was like, it was a set of Yeah, jobs. I was doing cardio. <laughs> Relax. Yeah, like this, I did, car- sure, I did cardio for the first time in a year and a half. How do you feel I mean, about cardio, uh, people you know? that don't, like, do you like setting a number that you want to hit? Because I know I've talked to people and they're like, I don't like setting a number. But I'm like, I think that's, like, good to have a number in your mind. How do you feel about that when you're going to set a number that you want to hit for meat day? Do you like that or do you disagree with that? So... Um, I'm real big into hitting a specific number, but it's usually yeah. just in one lift. So the biggest thing, like, honestly, and everyone knows, I mean, everyone knows my bench sucks. And so I was like, I honestly, I don't care what yeah. I do. As long as I PR at a meet on a bench, I don't care. Deadlift kind of the same way. I don't really, but with squat, I definitely go in and I'm like, yeah. I'm going to hit something huge. And so when I went in uh, to that three, six, five meet in February, I knew that my, my previous best meet PR was four seventy five. And I was like, you know what? I'm going in here and I'm opening opening heavy. Yes, you already won. You already. And I was like, and yeah, and and I went in and I hit a fifty pound PR on my squat. 
And so I'm like, yeah. Whereas I think if people don't visualize, yeah, like I they got nothing. You have to have that. Like I, I love Conor McGregor, man. He's like the dude. Like I don't know if you've seen my post. I've always posted about him, and like he always talks about like visualizing yourself doing shit, and if you really believe it, it's gonna happen. And that's all you're doing is manipulating your mind to just focus on that goal. And it's so crazy when you actually do it, man. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. When I hit 2100, I was tearing up on the way home, on the car ride home, because, you know, I visualized that lift for fucking three months, me hitting those three lifts. And when you hit that shit, it's like such a relief. And you're, like, overwhelmed. Like, I couldn't tell you the feeling it was when I was, like, because I have so many people talking shit, like, oh, you're not going to hit that. You're not going to hit this lift. And it was such a good feeling when I just kept fucking, kept all that shit in my mind. And I just pictured everybody talking shit. And I'm like, you know what? Like, there's this one dude who uh, used to train with me and Ryan. Uh, we used to train with him at East Coast. We trained with him at Nittany, and he kind of got ran out of the gyms because he acts like he's a good person, but he's a fucking piece of shit who hates on people that are stronger than him. And he was standing there in the audience, yeah. and my brother's sitting there yelling shit to him like, oh, man, it was great. My brother's like, let him talk shit now, Nick. Let him talk shit now. And I'm like, Austin, calm down, because my brother's a little nut like me, and He's like, let him talk now. Yeah. I like fucking smoked 805. And it was like the best feeling when the dude's looking at me, like with his jaw open, like, oh my God. Yep. Oh, it yeah. Is. It's such it's a good feeling when you mouth. do that. And I don't even care that I shut people's mouths because I do it for me, but it's such a good feeling when people think you're done and you come back and fucking smoke something like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so true. Um, so, kind of switching tracks here a little bit. So, obviously, uh, we say that the majority of the work ends yeah. up being done in the kitchen. So when we look at nutrition, powerlifting, I think is something where some people can get away with pretty much yeah, my roommate anything they want. Every night, if I ask him, fucking Quasimodo, fucking yeah. Quasimodo, <laughs> Quasi Brownie. I come downstairs and fucking brownies every yeah. night. I love them. <laughs> so yeah, so I'll I'll look on your story and see you taste testing these oh, yeah. ass brownies. <laughs> That's the one bite guy, uh, the dude from Barstool. I can't think of his, he's fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Hey, you know so the rules. I, I mean, I do. I mean, I I don't show a lot of shit off camera. Honestly, since I first met, like since I started dating Amy, I never really ate clean, man. I ate whatever. And now that I've been eating cleaner, like I feel fucking great. Like I feel so much better. I mean, I ate a little clean up to my total, but. I eat fucking Taco Bell all the time, sheets. Like, I've definitely taken my diet a lot more serious now since I'm starting to get on, like, this elite level. You have to. Yeah. And, and yeah, and so, I mean, you kind of say you have to. So, where do you see nutrition? Where's the line? Because you can you can eat, like, dog shit. And you still get, get fat, too. But in the long term, yeah. you're killing your body. I think nutrition wise you want to take care of your body i think the best is you know you have to eat these clean healthy foods look at these fucking bodybuilders these dudes been doing it for you years and years and years and they all look great and i think you know you can have some junk food in powerlifting because you i think you need sometimes those uh fast acting carbs that like the sugary shit because you know dude you're drained i know you felt it when you hit a heavy fucking squat you're fucking drained after that like you feel like shit like i've had times where i like had like a headache and felt like shit the rest of the day. And I think you need that food sometimes to like rejuvenate your ability. Like that's why I like the deadlifts and gummy bears. Cause I think you need that kind of candy and I don't know, maybe I'm different, but I need that mm-hmm. shit here and there. Yeah. Well, you see Jamal Browner with the Skittles. I, mean, I think you do. For real. I something. think with strongmen and powerlifting, we're exerting so much fucking energy in the one lift that I think you need that type of sugar real fast to get in your system. And Cause like you can't fucking sit down and eat a bowl of rice quick. <laughs> you can just pop yeah, some like, gummy bears. Just, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> two cups of rice. Like, uh, but yeah, like for me, it's having those little, uh, those little yeah, sour caps I mean, head. Dude, bites. I think every, it's like it's the fast yeah. energy. Whatever works for you, I think. I think like you said, uh, you, that like uh, Jamal Brown. Uh, you said Jamal Browner does it. Yeah, I think yeah, everybody does, does it with skills. I know any powerlifter, everybody fucking does it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like the one thing you get to meet day, and you're like, man, yeah. I'm about to go hard. That was the hard candy. thing for me. Was like, <laughs> I want to touch you about cutting weight. Uh, so I always fucking wrestled. So my first ever meet, I bombed out of because I tried to do a wrestling weight cut to get down to 220, and like I, I hit my yeah. opening squats and I bombed out on bench because I started to cramp up and my whole body was like cramping. And, I was like, damn, you can't cut weight like you did in wrestling. And then my second meet, I came back and learned how yeah. to actually cut weight. 
and hit a 1730 total at 220. So I think a lot of new powerlifters, you should not be cutting weight. If it's your first meet, don't add that extra stress. Go out there, have fun. Whatever you total, you total. I think weight cutting is something you have to really learn how to do. And that's something that you should hire a coach for. And I think I would even hire more of like a nutritionist coach or a bodybuilding coach because they're actually going to be able, like my best friend, uh, Aaron Brumel, he's an exercise science major. He always, I always go out to him and he'll print me out a whole fucking uh, diagram of what I'm going to eat this day and how to do a water load. And I can't thank him enough for that. And it's really cool when it, when you see it, it coming right off like all the pounds in the weight. Yeah, well, so I had a guy, fortunately, I've never really had to do a brutal weight cut. I would have had to have done one for collegiate naps, and so I'm kind of glad I didn't actually yeah. end up doing it. Um, but I had a guy uh, who was competing uh, just about a month ago who was trying to qualify for collegiate naps. He was qualifying two days before the yeah. deadline, so classic. But he, um, we're about a week out from the meet, and he goes, man, I'm 12 pounds over. And I was like, you're 12 pounds over seven days before the meet. He was like, yeah, man. I was like, all right. I was like, we're just, we're going to go hard. Like we had to do yeah, I mean, like I mean, if you properly so water like, load, no though, you can be 12 pounds over. That's the thing about water loading. It manipulates like, dude, I've walked up to at 252 and got down to 242 a week out because it's like, if you know how you do it, like Monday, I think it's like two gallons and you have to eat salt. And if you know how to like, if you're 12 yep. pounds over, oh. it's not. It depends how much you weigh, though, because more people oh. – like, I've always been a heavier kid, so I can lose weight quicker than a dude that's 155, 170. So, I don't know. Right. Like, it just depends. If you know what you're doing and you have a, and you believe in your co- – that was a hard part for me was, like, actually trusting my best friend to, like, is yeah. this going to work? And he's like, bro, I promise you it's science. Like, just fucking trust me one time. Because I get frustrated with the science bullshit. Yes. I'm very open about that where people are like, oh, you're overtraining your central nervous system. It's like, oh, overtraining? How come I'm fucking squatting 800 back-to-back weeks? Where's your overtraining bullshit there? I'm on fucking steroids. There's no fucking overtraining for me here. I recover faster than you do. You guys don't do – you don't do research on how people on gear react to uh, training. There's not any studies done with it, is there? I don't see a study yeah. out there that says this guy was on gear and this guy wasn't. And now we could tell how he trained versus the other dude. No, you can't do – test on people for steroids it's impossible yeah well there's yeah. Too, too many variables um but yeah no so like we were able to yeah. pull it off the weight cut so don't get me wrong we made it happen um but he so he weighs in you know 0.1 pounds oh, underneath, awesome, man. you know 205 <laughs> and yeah. which i was like thank god it sounds like having a heart attack driving how did he lift like, i swear to god if yeah. this dude misses weight well so here's the thing so we get probably another six pounds back onto him as soon as he does weigh-ins. So of course, it's USAPL, oh, fuck, so it's two-hour weigh-ins. So, so it's, yeah, so we didn't even have the 24-hour period. Yeah, we I had never an hour and a half. Time. So I've got this dude pounding electrolytes and salt and just really trying to, like – so, I mean, he made it, but I pretty much I had him open, all three, and then I had him hit his qualifier numbers the second yeah, and just call the third. That's when you get so I just had him take when six you're dehydrated and depleted like that. I've noticed that, like, a lot of exactly. people – end up tearing shit when they go in like i know a lot of, i know a couple dudes that went in the gym hung over ended up tearing pecs and i'm like well that's what fucking happens when you get drunk all night and try to lift the next day well and speaking of tearing pecs i'm assuming you saw tom finn pop no I, I, i've like been so busy at work man i haven't been really on social media since this whole coronavirus shit Dude, so I'm I didn't talking see to it. barbells, talking to the dude who. Oh yeah, all he, the I time. fucking love him though, man, because that's who he is. He's a nut. <laughs> he's hysterical. <laughs> the guy's a psycho, and he's yeah, still one of the greatest benchers of all time. Like, um, but yeah, he just pops that be- yeah. that peck right off the bone. So a couple of days ago, four twenty-five, you can see his wife's cracking a beer behind him. And he goes, oh, I like Huck because like, uh, <laughs> me and him talked before. He's a corrections officer. Me and him were bullshitting the one time about it. And he's a fucking really good dude. Well, yeah. So I wonder. You know, you mentioned you work in this prison. What is that like? Because I would imagine. Yeah, it can be. I mean, there's days where I come home, and I'm fucking like miserable. But it's all how you make it. Uh, it's a good job. I mean, it yeah. is what it is. I I can't really elaborate on it because of. You know, we have like a code of sure. ethics. Vi- I can't violate any code of ethics violations. So, sure. Yeah, sure, no, it's yeah. cool. Last I just, you know, a lot of people in the public that, but... don't understand what actually goes inside in there. And it's just, yeah, you know, it's hard, like training. Like, people don't it's realize that, man. Like, 
when you have a full-time job and like I have a real job where I have to walk around and move and do shit some days. And there's a lot of people that like when you work two to 10, especially it's fucking hard to get up and squat heavy in the morning. So I try to lift up my off days, my heavy, my heavy lifts, because who wants to fucking squat heavy at nine in the morning? I don't like doing it. Right. No one. It's awful on meat day. Yeah. I think, but I think meat day, your adrenaline, everything takes over. So you don't realize it. Yeah, <laughs> like I don't know. Like, meat day, it doesn't bother me you know, ever, but like normal days, man, I wake up and I fucking have to like chug coffee and take pre-workout to even get moving. Yep. Yeah, and then you're like, man, I've yeah. got a thousand calories in my system. Exactly. How the hell am I supposed to make this happen? Um. Well, so yeah. So kind of one of the biggest things that you know I ask people when I have them come on here, uh, you know, for a lot of people lack that motivation they struggle to to really break through that plateau you know we say yeah. hey this sport isn't for everybody um but you know for the especially for those beginner lifters those people that really do want to become one of the best um but are still you know struggling with mm-hmm. kind of finding their why what what's kind of your advice uh, it's just that's why i say it's that flip the switch something in your mind has to go off that you want to do this like anything you do in life you have to have passion for it and you got to be fucking intense with it because if you don't feel it in your heart, you don't wake up. Like every day I wake up, I think about lifting weights. Every When I stop thinking about that, then I know it's time. I'm done. I think you have to wake up every single day and just think about it. Even if it's not, you know, being intense every day and being motivated because nobody's fucking full blast. I can't be like that every day. Like there's some days where I don't feel intense. But you have to be able to like think about it right in the morning. Like when I wake up, I'm like, man, powerlifting, lifting weights. Like I got to do something today. And if you don't have that in your heart and you don't feel it, then you're probably not going to keep doing this sport because that's why I say a lot of these people, if there wasn't Instagram, would they really be lifting weights? If there wasn't Facebook, would they be lifting still? I highly doubt it. I think a lot of people do it for the attention, which is fine. If that's what, if that's what motivates you, good for you. If like views and likes motivate you, go right ahead with that. But don't sit there and act like you're a motivating person when you're just doing it for fucking attention. And that's how I feel about it. Like it, it's something you have to have inside yeah. you. I can't really explain it until you have it. If you have it, you know. They call it by the yeah. iron bug. That's what they say. Yeah, that's you good. By the iron bug. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that because it's. I mean, it's true that I think there, there's an appeal to it because everyone wants the allure of, oh man, thousands of people, you know, know my yeah. name and have seen me compete like obviously no, yeah like, i like it too, like, who man. Wouldn't i like be attracted? people see my shit obviously i'm human like people like attention but at the same time it's not what i care about it's not why i do this sport and exactly i think a lot of people get so sucked into it and it happened to me you get sucked into that you know likes and the social media thing and you got to find yourself and bring yourself back to reality and be like i'm not really anybody in this world besides who i am as a person so if you act like a fake fuck online and then we meet you in person, and you're not that person. Like you're selling your, you're selling your soul pretty much to these people, pretending that you're something you're not. And that's why I stay true to who I am. Like when yeah. people meet me in person, they're like, "Yeah, you're the same person." It's because I'm not going to put on this fake persona on Instagram for followers and likes. It's not who I am. Yeah, that's good. So as as you look ahead, wh- where do you go from here? You know, what is the next? chapter so i think right now since we're quarantined all this shit's going on my whole mindset is i have a cert tryouts next month which is corrections emergency response team so i'm leaning down right now i'm gonna get down like 235 i've been running and being more like agile trying to get back in like old wrestling condition and then i'll ramp it back up after all this shit's over and probably i'm gonna take a run at 2200 and i think i'm honestly done competing after i hit 2200 think i'm gonna do more of like a yeah. explosive training type thing like i think after 2200 i'm calling it quits i'm not gonna compete anymore that's the end goal I, yeah. I mean if you look i made a video with my brother it was called uh fuck what's it called it's on youtube uh it was if you type in forte i forgot what it was called but we made a video and i said like the end galing was be top three in the country but I really don't want to push the drugs anymore and do the gear. Like I'm ready to start a family. And I think 2200 and I'm done, man. Yeah. For real, I'm 26. I want to like be able to keep lifting, but it's just too hard on the body. If you want to be that elite, I know what it takes now to be on that level. And I'm like, fuck, I really don't want to push it anymore that high. Yeah. And there's so much wisdom in that because you do see people who, 
I mean, they just yeah. they drug themselves into the ground and they just, they, they bury themselves. I mean, I think of now there's so many other uh, factors that play. Yeah. This, but I think of Rich Bionna, like, yeah. Um, that, yeah. Like, and now obviously there are no, yeah, I mean, he was doing coke and other drugs, that, but still we don't but, know like the long-term effects of this shit. A lot exactly. of, I mean, I just think exactly. like, I want to have a family one day and I met a great girl and I have shit going for me right now. And why, I mean, yeah, yeah. I love powerlifting. Like it's my fucking, it is everything to me. And, I mean, if I had to give it up, it would suck. But at the end of the day, like, what what do you have after powerlifting, man? If you just focus on only powerlifting, like, when it's gone, what do you have then? Because you can't do this forever. Yeah. It's true. You yeah, at some have point, the body's like, going to break I mean, down. Now I'm young, and everybody's like, why are you going so fucking hard now? Like, because, dude, I'm only 26 years old. Like, there's dude, like, why not push my body now? I don't want to be pushing myself when I'm 35, 30 and risking injury. Like, now I'm young, I yeah. feel great. Why not go fucking hard when I'm peaking? And why not fucking train my ass off? I'm not going to be able to do this when I'm older. And I hate when people say that, like, you need to save your body, man. This is a long-term sport. I get that, but I'm fucking in it for – I want to hit my total and get out. Like, I'm trying to fucking full blast intense, you know, fucking do what it takes and hit that total and then fucking, you know, just encourage people and still keep lifting weights but not on a competitive level because – I'm the type of dude that goes nuts over. I'll get fucking too intense into it, and then I start doing the high doses of trend, start fucking getting crazy, and I'm like, I'm not doing that yeah. shit, no. Well, and it, there's also the element of leaving a legacy. That I mean, all of us, you know, whether we become elite yeah. or not, are, None are of eventually, us... our, our training's going to end. People are going to forget we existed. It's the people yeah. that come after us. You become irrelevant so yeah. quick in this sport, man. Look at fucking Jay Cutler and yeah. bodybuilding. Like, I love that dude growing up. Nobody even yeah. knows who he is anymore. Like Larry, in a couple of years, the people are gonna be like, "Who's yeah. Larry?" Wells? Oh yeah. Well, that's another example of someone that's just like you, you become irrelevant. I mean, Ed Cone. People are always gonna know Ed Cone because he's a legend, but people forget people. Very people. A lot of people don't yeah. know who Ed Cone is. Yeah. Oh, it is, and I think it's important that in a in a world of social media, you know, I think we can easily become encapsulated by just assuming we're hot shit, and then realizing that there's another mm-hmm. you know seven billion people out there. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, you just got to realize like, you know, powerlifting is supposed to help you grow as a person. It's much more than lifting weights to a lot of people. It can help you come out of a depression, break up, whatever you're going through. And you got to learn that. And, you know, powerlifting people, I hate when people say it's just lifting weights. Yes, it is. But like, it's so much more to a lot of people. I'm sure people, a lot of us have fucked up shit that happened to us. And that's why we got into this sport. A lot of us are fucking, we're not right in the head. And that's why we lift heavy weights. And if that's what you're in the sport for, I, I mean, I love people like that, and I always support people like that. But I'm just my message for you is I fucking hate to yeah. take fucks, <laughs> as you should. I think it's an appropriate response. Yeah, just because you know, like I'm sure you have shit that reason why you got into this sport, shit that happened to you personally, or if you're bullied or whatever happened to you, like that's why people get into this sport. A lot of people, and I love people like that, or people were fat and they gotten the lifting weights now they have like confidence and when you fucking sit there and post your ass and do shit for attention you take away from these other people that are actually doing it because they love it yeah that's good so kind of my last big question for you ask everybody this uh you know everyone uh in the world's got their different their different faith walks their different religions who they view a god or gods and and i wonder for you is there any element of faith that has played into your training played into what's inspired you uh, to be a better version of yourself, or is it really just a motivation of you just wanting to become a better version of yourself day in and day out? Uh, I definitely do believe in God, and I don't post my religious shit on because sure. I don't like to push it on people, but I believe in a higher power, and I do believe that you know everything happens for a reason in life, and I feel like I'm blessed because I've been put in a very good position right now after going through some stuff, and you just got to keep believing if you believe I think yeah. you're going to achieve it. And that's like a lot of people, I mean, you hear believe, achieve, but it's the truth. If you believe and you just like, you know, I pray. And if you do that, whatever your religion you are, if you're not religious, just keep doing what you're doing. You know, keep yourself motivated and you're going to hit your goals. That's why I tell people, just stay focused, stay on track. Don't let shit happens to all of us in life, man. Divorce, breakups, like uh, you can't pay your rent. Shit happens. You just got to stay tough and get through the tough time. That's why I say mental toughness right now. We're all fucking stressed out about Corona. Just stay tough in your mind. Go out and run. Do some shit. Like, there's so much shit you can do. 
back in the old days when people were fucking Vikings and shit, they couldn't lift weights. They went out and fucking lifted stones and chopped wood and right. did crazy shit. Just do that. Go back to your old, your old lineage. Yeah, no, that's so good. Well, man, hey, that's that's all I got for you. Um, all right, man. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, Thanks so so me. grateful to get the chance to to chat. I know in the midst of crisis, it's always good to get some form of human connection with people because I know we're all kind of yeah. going a little stir crazy. Um, but yeah. all right, folks. Well, you heard it here first. Nick Forte, uh, the freak of nature himself. Uh, you can check him out on Instagram. Uh, reach out to him. Uh, any questions, anything he can help with, I'm sure he'd love to reach out to you as long as you're not being stupid and ignorant. Um, as always, I'm your host, Moses Allwood. Have a good one.